enough to get a job, not gonna rob a bank, not gonna win the lottery. Welcome back to Shots Fired. My name is Jacob Shots. It's Thursday, January 19th, and I still don't have a real job. Your tweeted feed for today comes from at TalkWordy on Twitter. I mentioned him as your Twitter good follow many, many episodes back, but I bring up a tweeted feed from him today because it's entirely self-indulgent. In fact, Jacob is now in charge of names. That's actually referring to me. I'm not taking this out of context. I got this ringing endorsement because I called Trump's Secretary of Education pick Betsy DeVos Bear Gun McCharter School and then proceeded to call Brian himself Creepy Doll Q Candy Wronger on account of he posts creepy dolls every once in a while and he eats candy just incorrectly to spite other human beings. I just need a little pick-me-up every once in a while. Anyway, what's good online today is the art blog for Steve Purcell. Steve Purcell is most famous for making the Sam and Max comics series an intellectual property that was then made into the first really successful adventure game by Telltale, who then went on to do The Walking Dead and all sorts of other really popular adventure games. Steve Purcell also works with Disney and Pixar, and his biggest work with them was lead writing, and I think he also did some directing for Brave. He's got his own independent art blog that hasn't updated in quite a while, but it is an amazing deep dive if you really like cartoony illustrations. The blog itself is spudvisionblog.blogspot.com. And if you go there, you can find all sorts of really cool old pulls, new pulls, all sorts of stuff. Art cards that he did with work as Pixar. Concept art for the Monkey Island covers. Steve has an incredible range. I was reminded of his range. Someone that I follow on Twitter posted a juxtaposition of the cover that he did for the Sam and Max adventure game, Hit the Road, and the cover for the first Monkey Island game. And just the huge difference in style there. The Sam and Max style is a lot more frenetic, action, cartoony. And the Monkey Island is very soft, painterly, artsy sort of style. And to know that this guy can totally pull off either one is magnificent. The art on his blog has an even bigger range of styles. He veers into horror sometimes. He's got a really good set of a bunch of different sketches that he did of the Phantom of the Opera. And so a minor warning that there's a little bit of gore, but it's not really bloody. It's not really violent. It's just a little bit unsettling at times. But the art is gorgeous. So if you're a fan of old-school adventure games or just a fan of art in general, I have to recommend Steve Purcell's blog, spudvisionblog.blogspot.com. Your magic card art for today is up next, and it's Warrior's Lesson, with art by Steve Prescott. I didn't realize that Steve Prescott was probably my favorite magic artist, but after looking at his work and stumbling upon it in Warrior's Lesson, and then looking at the other works that he's done, I think he's my favorite. Get into the art for Warrior's Lesson first. This one just depicts two warriors on a plane called Theros. And Theros, which I may have mentioned before, is based on Greek mythology. So the two warriors here, one of them has a spear, one of them has a scimitar or a cutlass or some other big, chunky-looking sword. They both have a shield and an old centurion-style helmet, an otherwise minimal armor, chest piece, ankle guards, bare feet, not a whole lot else going on. They're standing at the edge of a waterfall. And I believe one of them is standing on top of an old toppled over log. There's a big tree trunk behind them, faded in the background. There's a single building in the background that has the columns that are typical of Greek architecture. And then the sun is streaming in from the top left corner. The biggest thing that I want to talk about with this piece and all of Steve Prescott's work is the two 
color work that's being done here. The two colors for this piece are brownish red and lush forest green. These are very contrasting colors, very contrasting hues, but they work to great effect on Warrior's Lesson. The individuals in the image have a reddish-brown skin tone. Their armor is bronze and still a darker hue, but still in the same sort of tone. The earth and the tree trunk in the background are the brown. And then almost everything else in this image is decked out in the lush green color. The highlights on the armor, the symbol on the shields, even the light in the background has some softer light white hues, but behind that, the highlight is all green. This gives some great definition to the shapes in the image and where they start and stop. And the two contrasting hues being used for the most part of almost all of the colors in this image make it feel really full and vibrant and complete. Now I bring up Warrior's Lesson because I kind of ran into it, and I do think it is a very good piece of art. It's a very good set of figure drawings. But if you get a chance, do go look up Steve Prescott's other work. Because one of the things that you'll notice about it is that the two-color paradigm that he uses really helps define the shapes, even at a distance. When I'm looking at magic art, I will often use an option on Gatherer, which is the card site that I use, to look at the visual spoiler, which brings up bigger images of the cards, and I can see more at once. Otherwise, I have to look at the cards one at a time, and they're small because they put their rules text and all the other stuff that isn't related to the art right next to it. One of the things that I noticed almost immediately about Steve Prescott's art when I had the smaller versions available is that I could still tell where everything was in the scene, even though it was really small and much further away and much less clearly defined in general. Another piece of art that he did was for a card called Aim High. Now, Aim High depicts a single archer aiming upward next to a crashed log. And I could tell this without bringing up the bigger card image because of the colors that were used. Again, Aim High uses greens and the reddish-brown. The red-brown defines the figure in the image, and then everything else is green. So because there's a more contrasting red color used for the figure at the heart of the scene, it pops off the page. Other art that stood out to me by Steve Prescott was Ancient Crab, which is just a big crab, but the art depicts the bright orange crab with a very dark blue background, and it makes the crab pop to the forefront. Behemoth Sledge is a giant sledgehammer and uses really, really dull, dark gray colors for the sledge, and then the background isn't just any old color, it's bright gold. So the sledge is big and imposing and brought to the forefront by the contrasting colors. Blood Crazed Goblin is a really good piece by him because it almost inverts the idea. The background is like fuchsia, bright pink, and the goblin, unlike a lot of goblins, is in more muted blue-green tones. So just by color scheme alone, this goblin is popping out from the background and also feels a little bit unhinged because of the difference from the expected color scheme. I will definitely be talking about Steve Prescott's work again, but Warrior's Lesson was the first piece that really brought it to my attention that this skill was being used. So thank you, Steve Prescott, for your magic card art for today, Warrior's Lesson. Next up, games are good, and the game that I've been playing more than anything else recently has been Overwatch. I'm still finding new things to love about Overwatch, so today I want to take just a really brief segment to talk about one of my favorite game modes, and how it's different from normal Overwatch play. Sometimes Overwatch 
produces what are called brawls. And this is a different rule set that you can play on as sort of a gimmick. And my favorite brawl variant that has come out is called This is Ilios. There's a single map that this takes place on, a subset of a map called Ilios, which is a sort of modernized Greek villa. The individual map is called Well. And it's called this because it's a King of the Hill map with a big circular well in the middle of the point that you're trying to fight over. If you fall into the well, you die. It's just a bottomless pit, and once you get far enough down in it, you die and then have to respawn. There are only two characters that you can play as on This is Ilios. One is a big, bulky character named Roadhog, who has a hook that can drag enemies across the map. And the other one is a fast support character named Lucio, who can heal his teammates and has an ability that can repel enemies away from him. The reason that I mentioned those two specific abilities of those two specific heroes is because they are best applied around the well. Roadhog can stand at the edge of the well, hook an enemy from across the map, and drag them to drop down into the well. And Lucio can use his pushback ability to throw enemies into the well. Lucio has another hook because he can slide on walls. So, if Lucio ends up inside of the well, he can actually wall run along the inside and upwards until he can pop back out of the well. Roadhog doesn't have that power. By limiting it to these two characters on this specific map, the way that the game is played is fundamentally changed. The goals are still the same. Your team has to occupy the point without having the enemy team on the point for a certain amount of time, and then they've captured it. And then they need to hold that capture and not allow the enemy to take it back for a certain amount of time. 100 seconds, basically. But where most of the strategy would come in from picking the right characters to counteract your opponent's play and killing your opponents as fast as possible with hit-and-run tactics, what ends up happening is each team will have some amount of Roadhogs and some amount of Lucios. The Roadhogs do a lot of damage, the Lucios mitigate damage and can maneuver around opponents. So the game is more about working together for protracted engagements of correct sequences of play, including hooking your opponent to deal damage, get them in close, and try and finish them off, or hooking your opponent to try and drag them into the pit, or pushing your opponent off, or having the Lucios use their ambient healing ability to stay with the Roadhogs, or to have them go out and strike out on their own, and to push more enemies into the pit. These games take a lot longer to play, and it is a lot harder to capture the point successfully unless your team is all on the same page and your opponent's team is not. I love the gameplay that arises from this. You have a lot of little tactical decisions with much, limited, with much more limited skill sets, and you have the ability to have really cool sequences of correct plays to turn the tide. Also, a team that has four Roadhogs and two Lucios plays extremely differently from a team that has four Lucios and two Roadhogs. The more Lucios you have, the faster and more nimble you are, but the less damage you deal. So if you're playing on defense, it's actually almost better because you can all get to the point faster and maneuver around your opponents. But if you're trying to take the point, you just can't deal enough damage to clear the point off for yourself. So there still are some of the old choices, but they're, but they're brought into new context by the limitations of the format. All right, so I totally nerded out there and just, if you don't play Overwatch, you probably didn't get a whole lot out of that. But let me summarize it by saying this. Using the limitations and restrictions to create new and engaging forms of gameplay makes Overwatch, one of the best toolboxes 
in modern FPS history. You can make these kinds of game variants yourself if you have a bunch of friends that are willing to test it out with you. So as someone who enjoys good game design and enjoys trying new things in existing systems that are already fun to play, this is a great boon and a great example of what can be crafted using Overwatch as a tool, not just as a game. Overwatch is wildly popular, so if you haven't heard about it, I'd be very surprised, but you can go and buy the game at playoverwatch.com. It's a Blizzard game, the same guys who make World of Warcraft. This is kind of a big deal by now. And lastly, I'm totally phoning in your Twitter good follow for today by recommending at NateFordSteals. This is a tiny little Twitter account, and it's another one of those random generator bots. This one just spits out the phrase, let's steal us a blank. Let's steal us a unicycle. Let's steal us a hospital. Let's steal us a charity. The minor amount of context that is supplied for this one is that it's based on Leverage, the TV show that I mentioned last episode. A friend of mine who also helped me get into the show was retweeting stuff from this account, and I found it hilarious. It's fun, it's small, it's not hurting anybody, go check it out. At NateFordSteals is your good follow for today. And folks, that's just about gonna do us for this episode. If you want to hear more episodes of this show, you can find it at opalnebula.com. New episodes come out Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. And on opalnebula.com, you can also find the other shows that I do, including Talking Atlas with my friend Bryce, and Album Club 500 with my friend 27. A new episode of Album Club 500 dropped yesterday. We talk about ZZ Top and all the ways that we love the delivery on LaGrange. And, guys, we solved KISS on that episode. You're welcome. Go check it out. It's a lot of fun, and we had a lot of fun doing it. Otherwise, if you want to keep up with me, you can find me on Twitter. It's at Frogger, spelled P-H-R-A-W-G-E-R. Shots Fired's theme song is Aged, A-G-E-D, written by Rand Balavia and Adam English, and performed by Ukla the Mock. It's off of the album Less Than Art, which was one of my first listens of 2016. It's a great album. I like that song a lot, but I also really like another song off of that album, Arthur Curry, which is the most badass song about Aquaman that you will ever hear in your life. So please go check out their stuff. You can find them at ukladthemock.com. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and I will see you on Saturday. You